So I'm back, y'all. So I was trying to record this this new one on my um you know on Blog Talk Radio, but the way that my prescription did I say prescription? Jesus. Subscription works is that I only can do like one show a day. That's kind of sucky. So I decided I'm, I recorded it up, so I'm just going to put it up. I'm going to upload it later on tonight. How about that? Okay, great. So this one is titled, or was going to be titled, you know, like, my coming out story. I think that's what I said, my coming out story, or um, how my mom found out I was gay, that sort of thing. And I think everybody has a story. Everybody can remember that of whose parents know. You know, um, when they came out, like, you know, how they came out, how they found out, that sort of thing, right? And mine is really, really weird. I'm like a weirdo, you know what I'm saying? Or I was a weirdo. Um, (laughs) it's so crazy. Ooh, um, so where do I start? Okay. Well, I would say all in high school, like, I've always known that I had an attraction to guys. And I'm saying I've known that since I was, like, like, really, really small. Like, I knew, I always, I'm probably going to say, like, kindergarten. I knew that I liked, I had an attraction to, to guys. It was, I, I had an attraction to the same sex. And for so many years, I played it, I played it, I played it off. I had girlfriends, type of girlfriends, type of girlfriends, type of girlfriends, you know. And not that I wasn't attracted to them, because the girls that I had were attractive. I had some ugly ones, too, but... Um, a lot of the girls as I got older were attractive girls. And so I was attracted to a certain type of girl. And so, yes, I got aroused by a certain type of girl. You had to be a certain type of girl to get me there, right? Or to take me there. And so, um, and so, yeah. So I wouldn't say that I was really fronting because, you know, at least I did get aroused by, you know, um, the thought of, you know, being with a girl or a certain type of girl. Anyway, um, so... I kind of want to fast forward to, um, oof. I have so many stories, but certain stories I just really don't want to say on, on air, but I'll definitely tell you this story. Um, I want to say it was like 10th grade or 11th grade. I had heard about a thing called Prison Pen Pals, right? And so I... I know it's weird, like, you're in high school, you're a student, like, you're 16, 17 years old, but you're writing somebody in prison, like, but I did it. So, I was writing this guy in prison. His name was Leroy Flanders. You can look him up later. I'll tell you what, what state he's in. <laughs> he's not cute anymore. I just, I just literally looked him up right before I started this podcast. And, baby, he is not cute. Jail has done, woo, because he was fine back in the day. Back in like 97, 98 when I was dealing with him or talking to him. But baby, right now, he looks a shitty mess. Um, He's gotten older. I mean, what? 75, 85, 95, 2005. So he's like 46 years old, 47, somewhere around there. He wasn't, He I forgot. He, he, I think he probably was like, what, in his 20s when I was talking to him. He was 20-something, I want to say. Maybe 26. I don't know. Anyway. So, I started writing this guy, and I was writing him not really even thinking of anything sexual. Like, I was looking at, I always, 
wanted to have an older sibling, an older big brother, older sister, whatever. And so I kind of looked at him like an older big brother. And he really hadn't, when he was in jail, the first initial time or the time I was dating him, or, oh my God, not dating him, talking to him. See, I went from one podcast talking about dating and I brought that dating word over to the new podcast or the new show. Ugh. So no, I was not dating this man. Let it be clear. Let it be known. Let's be clear. Um. So anyway, so I was, you know, messaging this man or writing letters to this prison this man in prison and my mom knew about it yes my mom Betty knew about it and um she wasn't too keen about it but she was okay you know she she and I kind of told well mom you know it's a part of the thing that I'm doing at school and you know we're writing people in prison and you know, um, they don't have like big major sentences, like little stuff, you know, whatever. And so my mom was skeptical, skeptical, but she still allowed me to do it. I'm sure if she thought about it now or she listened now, she'd be like, you know what? Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't the, the, the best thing to do. I mean, cause that man could have came out of prison and came to my house looking for me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he could have came and, oh, but anyway, so I was talking to this guy and, you know, getting to know his story and it was very interesting. I was like, that's the place that I don't want to be. He was very much about this is not a place you want to be, you know, go and get your education, do great things. You sound like an intelligent young man, boom, 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 boom. But we continue to keep having conversations. And so the conversation started to get a little deep and I could sense something, but there was nothing for me to really pinpoint and say that this man dates men or has dated men because he never talked about it right and so i was a part of njrotc and everybody knows that's like the navy junior reserve officer training corps oh hey i remember what the words what the letters mean the acronym mean so i was a part of njrotc and i was a part of the drill team so of course on weekends or every other weekend especially during the fall time we would go and we would do these drill meets and sometimes in the spring too and um so i would always be um anticipating like every other Saturday because that's when I would get a letter from him. Um, And so one time I was really expecting this letter and I didn't get it. And then like, I was looking like, why Leroy hasn't sent me any messages? It's now like a month. Like it's like a month, month and a half. I think I was in 11th grade at the time. And I'm like, so that's like what, 90? It's like 90, 99. Like 98, 99. So I'm like, you ain't send me no messages. What's up with that? Like, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, well, maybe, you know, he got out. You know, I don't know. I mean, I just didn't know what was going on. So, it's one day. I come home. I don't know if I had, like, a drill. I didn't have a drill meet. Or maybe I did have a drill meet. I had a drill meet earlier, but it was one that we put on at our school. That's what it was. So, then I came home. And I saw, like, my mom was cleaning up, baby. The house was spick span, you know, smelling good, playing her music. And my mom, I went in the room, you know, was getting myself together and stuff. And my mom was like, uh, son, you need to come here in this room. I mean, you come here in the living room. I'm like, but the way that she said it, though, it was like I already felt like something bad was about to happen. And for... For an instant, I thought about Leroy. And I was like, ooh, I wonder if this got something to do with him. Because I didn't get no letter. Because I, I kept saying, something is not right. Something is fishy. Something going on in this kitchen, baby. And so, she sits me down. And she puts the letter 
opens the letter. And she puts the letter and she says, read this. And I look in the front and it's the letter from Leroy. And I am trembling and I am shaking because I feel like whatever is in this letter has like disappointed her to the highest specificity. You know what I'm saying? Has pissed her off. And so I'm reading it and I'm shaking it. But I'm skimming. Because the letter is about like four. Well, it's like, it was probably five, six pages. I don't know. It was a lot. Okay. And so I'm reading it and reading it. I'm skimming over it. And this man is basically coming out and telling me like he's gay. He's dealt with men for so many years. He, because he had a picture of me. He said that I, I remember him saying his pictures. My picture is on his wall, taped to his cell wall. Oh, it was like craziness. So I didn't even read all of that. I, I got enough to know that this man was gay. He wanted to continue to talk to me and all of that, right? So my mom was like, so let me tell you something. You was writing this man in prison. I took it as that was something that you you and people your people was doing at school or whatever. Better yourselves, help them out, whatever the case may be, blah, blah, blah. I don't look down. I don't judge people that go to prison or whatever because people mess up in life. But at the end of the day, this man is talking to a 17-year-old boy or whatever. And this man is sitting in this letter and saying that he's gay and that your 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 pictures are on his wall and this, that, and other. How do you think that makes me feel? And she's going off, right? And then she takes it a step further because my mom and my dad were, were divorced at the time. Um, but, you know, I still had, you know, I would go and see my dad, like, during the summer and doing my breaks, my, win- my, my, my winter breaks. And so she then says, she then says, oh, and I sent the letter. When I got the letter, she said, I just, like, she said, she said I felt compelled, like, God told me to open the letter. She said, I, she said, all the other letters that you got, I would never read them. I never asked to read them or whatever. I trusted it. She said, but this particular letter, I had to open it. And I opened it, and I listened to it. I mean, I read it. She said, and let me tell you this. I sent, because keep in mind, my dad was still in the military at the time. My dad hadn't retired from the military for probably like six, seven years after that. So my dad was still in the military or whatever. And so my mom was like, I sent the letter to your daddy. Your dad has read the letter. Your dad contacted the warden of the prison. And... He is, this Leroy guy is um, banned from contacting you. He cannot contact you or whatever. He's gotten in trouble, all this kind of stuff. We photocopied and sent the letters back to them so they could see what he was writing you and all all, all kinds of shit, my mama. And, I mean, she didn't ground me or nothing like that. She didn't put me on punishment or whatever, but she was very, very disappointed. Now, I don't think she has ever told anybody else. Because I think she probably was partly ashamed. And so she asked me, well, are you gay? And I was like, no, I go with Courtney. I don't care about no damn Courtney. I'm asking you, are you gay? And I was like, no, not. I'm not gay. I'm not gay, mama. Stop asking me that. How was I supposed to know this man was going to come out to me and tell me he was gay and all this kind of stuff and he dealt with guys? I can, Because I, honestly, I could have pulled back all of the other letters and showed her that he did not say any of those things. He did not try to leave me on. He did not try to come on to me. But I felt like in the in some of his wording, like as things got going and further along, there were certain things that he said 
that made me didn't make me feel uneasy. It made me it it kind of like made me tingle a little bit if that makes any sense. But it's kind of like when you know that this is what you like. As far as like with a, you know you being gay or you like even I mean to the straight people that are that are listening like you know if you know that okay I like this girl or I like this guy or I can feel this like it was just something like that I didn't really know for sure but it was something about him and about the way that he started talking to me that kind of made me feel like mm, what's going on here that sort of thing. But I still told my mom, like, no, I'm not gay. No, this, that, and the other. This is not, 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 you know, boom, boom, wham, whatever. And so I felt, like, really, really bad. Like, dang, y'all call, y'all call the warden of the prison. Y'all got this man in trouble. All this kind of stuff, right? Okay, so I'm in the 11th grade. Well, I ain't gonna bother to tell you. (laughs) That's my new thing. I ain't gonna bother to tell you that I made a vow to myself. That once I got out of high school and I went to college, that I was going to make sure that I wrote Mr. Leo, Mr. Leroy Flanders. Hold on. Let me take a drink of my Simply Lemonade with Raspberry, please. Hold on. That's so good, Jesus. Thank you, Leroy. I should be drinking water, but... I haven't had to sip the lemonade in such a long time. And I got it yesterday at a market in the city. But anyway, so yeah, so I made a vow that once I got out of the house, got to school, wherever that was going to be, that I was going to write Mr. Leroy Flanders. And I wanted to, to apologize for what had happened in this and the other. And baby, I ain't going to bother to tell you that I did. I did. I wrote him. I was in school. Um, he wrote me back. Um, I felt like he was never going to write me back. Like, once I wrote him, I felt like he was like, no. I was like, but look, I'm 18 years old. I'm grown. I'm out of the house. I'm in college. Like, you know, whatever. And, like, I wrote him and I thanked him, you know, for, you know. I told him, like, I wasn't able to really, like, read a lot of it or whatever. And so I will say, like, (laughs) for, like, two or three weeks, like, we was writing back and forth. And it was, like, getting heavy, baby. Like, it was heavy conversation. You know, and that was that. Or whatever. And then I kind of ended it. I kind of, like, stopped dealing with him. I don't know what it was. I think it started to be creepy because he was like, well, if I get out in a couple of, you know, like a year or so, like, you think that we can, like, settle down or get... I was like, oh, oh, hold on, baby. I'm only 18. That'd be 19. Like, I ain't... I ain't trying to do all that. I don't even know you. Like, you need to get out and do some things and find yourself. You don't need to find it with me. I'm only 18. You're 30. You know? That sort of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was like 30. 29, 30. Like, no. Uh-uh. So, that was that of that. And so, I let me give you an update on Mr. Leroy. So, I just, like, looked him up in the correction facility thing, right? Based upon the state that he used to be, you know, used to live in, right? I ain't gonna bother to tell you. See, that's my new thing. I gotta stop. I ain't gonna bother to tell you that this man, right? He been in there since 96, which I know this is the guy. I'm I'm, I'm very good with faces. Um, he's been known by many different names, right? But he's been in there in 92. He went there in 95, and he was sentenced in 96, but I don't, be- I don't remember him having all these years. But, I, but 
I'm gonna tell you this, like that man is in there for robbery or deadly rob it says robbery gun or deadly weapon. Oh my god. First degree murder, premeditated or t- it was attempted murder. Two charges of that. Oh, it's a lot. And now I'm sitting here like See, I should have never contacted that man again. I had no business being fast and contacting that man again after my daddy done called the warden. They done got that man in trouble. They done read my dad, that man's story. And then I went and took my fast ass once I got into college and went and tried to hit that man up again, being fast and trying to be a, being fast and furious and trying to figure out what's what. Because again, like if you listen to my last podcast, I was just trying to figure myself, trying to find my way. I was just trying to find my way, like uh, finding my way back. Like Jaheen say, you know, I make a lot of music rep- musical references. But, yeah, that's like, I was just trying to find my way. And so I was like, I was going back to the thing that made me feel a little tingly, you know, and see, you try to explore that. But no, God, first degree murder, that man probably would have killed me. Oh, thank God. See, God saves you, baby. But yeah, so that was my instance of when my mom kind of like asked me, was I gay the first time? Now, the second time that she really found out and I was like, not really like, okay, so after like I started dating this guy that went to South Carolina State, right? His name was Drew. So I started dating him and we was like daddy heavy, like uh, all of November, all of December of 2000 and all of January. And so I then, of course, remember now. I go to my, and I said it in the last, no, I didn't say it in the last one, but but I'll say it here. Like, um, I would always go to my dad for the summer breaks and the Christmas and the winter, Christmas and winter breaks. And so even when I got like out of college, like that was just a normal thing. I would go and spend Christmas with my dad and my grandmother, go to my grandmother's first, then go to my dad's. And then I would say, I stayed with my dad the entire um, winter break and my winter break with this particular school was really long because it was a private college so we went back to school like the week after MLK day or MLK week or whatever so um, and that was also like my first time like 2001 MLK that's my first time ever experiencing Atlanta and needless to say uh, what seven eight months later I moved there because um, I was just so fascinated not just with the life or whatever but I was fascinated with a lot of things when it comes to black people and People, you know, really having some things going on and they're not, you know, obtaining all these houses and cars based upon drugs and stuff like that. You know, it was literally legit, you know what I'm saying, a way to, you know, uh, um, a legit way of of getting all of these things. And that's by going to school and, and getting your business, becoming an entrepreneur and all that. So that's, you know, another conversation for another day or another podcast. But as it relates to this whole coming out, I, after the HBCU guy, Drew, um, I started talking to this guy named Dante. Dante is the one that I would consider is like my fi- my real first official boyfriend. Um, I met Dante online on BlackPlanet.com because remember I talked about Go.com and BlackPlanet.com on the last podcast, but Black. But then after they closed down Go, they stopped people stopped messing with them like that because it was a part of Disney and Disney didn't like all that gay stuff. 
everybody started going to the Black Planet, and then Black Planet also had their own gay chat thing, whatever. So I had met this guy. This guy named was Dante. He's way out in California, but we would have great conversation. And then so I can remember like when I think I went home for the summer. So it was after my first my freshman year of college, I went home and worked. But I had no plans on going back to, to Charleston Southern, the first school that I attended. I had no plan. I, I was going to go go to Georgia State. I had already set up everything. I had done a lot of things behind my mom's back. Like, I had even found my own apartment, my own apartment, which is uh, the Weatherly um, in Stone Mountain on South Harrison Street. It's so crazy because I live on South... I live on South Harrison. No. Yeah, I live on South Harrison here in Jersey. But... In Atlanta, my first place was South Harrison. Not Harrison, but Harrison. Um, so, yeah. So, um, I had done all these stuff. Got my transfers and went to Georgia State. Got on the waiting list and all that kind of stuff to be in the dorm. So, I had to find me a place to stay. But at this time, I was then dating this guy named Dante. Dante came. Um, again, I was doing this. I was real big on internet dating, as you guys can tell. So then I'm talking to Dante. Dante then moves to the East Coast, but he's staying with his quote-unquote friend in Greensboro, North Carolina, which wasn't that far away. It was probably like a few hours, two and a half, three hours away from where I lived in Myrtle Beach, Conway, South Carolina area. And so Dante finally came. This is my first time meeting him, but we're now like boyfriends in my mind. This is my man, right? He comes down. We spend the entire weekend. My mom is already skeptical. Like, who is this? And I'm like, oh, it's my roommate. Oh, my, I'm going to be my roommate. My roommate. Saying all this. My mom, I look back and I say, my mom really trusted me. Like, she really just, she really just trusted me with a lot of stuff. I thank you for that, Betty. I really do. Because um, through it all, through everything that I've gone through, like, Betty just let me be me. Even when she probably didn't want to, but I I, I believe that she didn't want to hold me back. Maybe the way that her parents tried to help hold her back, you know. And so, thank you, Betty. Um, I appreciate um, what you've done. Um, so, anyway, so, yeah, so, he comes down to Murder Beach. He gets a hotel. He stays the weekend. I pack up all my stuff, everything that I ever owned in life. You know, I don't have no furniture. You know, I'm living with my mama, so I don't have no furniture. So, it's just all, everything that, from my yearbooks to all my clothes, everything. I put in my two weeks notice at, um, I think I was working, I was, oh, I was working at, um, PacSun, which was then called Pacific Sunwear. Now they call it PacSun. But I was working for them, so I didn't really put a two weeks notice in. I did a transfer. And, um, so the deal was, I, we were going back from, at, we were going back from South Carolina to Greensboro, North Carolina, staying there for like a week, a week, and then going to Atlanta to sign my lease. I was signing my lease on Aaliyah died on the 25th, right, of August of 2001. So, I signed my lease on the 23rd. I just remember I signed my lease on a Friday. Aaliyah died, was pronounced dead or died on a Sunday, the 25th. So, on her, yeah. That's right, right, yeah. So, whatever it is, it was that Friday. Whatever that Friday was, August 20, maybe 3rd of 2001. So, you know, it was so crazy, and I didn't know what was going on, but, like, we went to Green... Like, okay, so, I gotta rewind back. I'm getting too far ahead of myself. So, my mom, she then met Dante, you know, the day that we leave him. Dante met my brother. My brother was however old. 
nine, ten, and my brother was like, "Can I wash your car?" This and another child, but it was a rental. And you know, I just remember my brother being nice, my grandmother being nice. You know, um, I can remember. You like my mom was kind of like hesitant. I went over to my cousin's house to tell her goodbye, and my aunt because over there. And then tell it all of them bye or whatever. So as I'm saying bye to all of them and over at their house, Dante is still over with at my mom and my grandmother's with my brother. So we get in the car, we're leaving, and uh, we're getting the jeep or whatever it was we had. Got in the car, packed up, leaving, and he says, "Let me tell you something." I'm like, "What?" He was like, "So how about your mom came came up to me and was like, I know." What I she said, I know what you and my son are doing, and so Dante was like, What you mean? and she was like, I know that you and him are not roommates. She was like, So, all I'm gonna ask that you do is that you take care of my son because I know that you're older. And Dante, so at this time, I was 19 going on 20, so I was 19 and a half in this story, and um, Dante was like 24, 25, I want to say. So he, yeah. So he was just like the other guy from the previous podcast episode, um, as far as ages age is concerned. And so he was he was well versed in in everything gay. I was that, but my mom was like, "Look, I know that you, basically I know that y'all together. Um, take care of my son, and me and his father will be down um, to check everything out as soon as we can." Unfortunately. That didn't happen because my grandma, my grandmother ended up getting sick, you know, strokes on top of strokes. And of course, my mom just could not think about me at the moment. She had to think about her mom. So that never, ever happened. But what was so weird was as I was leaving where I'm, you know, where I'm from, I forgot something. So we turned around to go back to the house and I was past my mom going to work on the way. And so it was weird because at this point. I know that my mom knows that this is my boyfriend and not my roommate. So picture, how, just think about how weird it was to know, like, bitch, you about to see your mama again and she know that you, you a punk. <laughs> you know, that's what we, that's what they said. They called us back then. Let's be real now. They called us punks and sissies. So you a punk. And, um... And that was weird. Like, so I was, she she slowed down the car because you remember the car we was in. I slowed down. She was like, what y'all, what, what's going on? I think maybe I was driving at the time. I had drove or something. And I was like, oh, I forgot. Um, I forgot whatever, whatever at the house or whatever. So I'm going back. She's like, all right, well, y'all be safe. And that was it. Like, she didn't say nothing else or whatever. Um, and that was that. And she's like, I love you. I said, I love you too. Be safe. And that was it. And so, yeah, so that's when my mom, like, knew that I was gay. But let me tell you what the weird crap was. So, going back to staying in Greensboro, and remember I told you we were staying with his friend. So, so Dante had me in this room, in the room that he lived in with no fucking furniture. But what, I, what I'm knowing or figuring out to be true is that him and this boy have, that he had me up in the house with, him and this boy have been fucking. Or have been doing something. Oh, I'm crying. Have been having relations. So either they used to be together or that they were just having relations and Dante used him to get to Greensboro to stay. So, and I was just locked up in it and the boy knew nothing about me. Like, didn't even know that I was going to come in and then he says, oh, well, this is my friend and or whatever. 
And so, like, he was calling the police. And, like, he did call the police on, on us and say we need to get out his shit and all of that. And um, so, they gave us, like, the next day. And then, so I, then we, I had to get a U-Haul and get all my stuff and put it on a U-Haul. And oh, we drove the U-Haul. This is, this is depressing, y'all. I don't want to talk about this no more. Hmm. But we had to get a U-Haul. I had I had to stop myself because I'm just like Jesus, like why, why, like now I think about stuff and be like, why was I such in a rush? Like I loved Atlanta, I wanted to pursue things in Atlanta, and I stayed in Atlanta for 12 years. I stayed in Atlanta from 2000 for for well, literally, if you want to be technical, 11 years and 11 months because I moved, I moved to Atlanta April. I mean, excuse me, I moved to Atlanta August, technically August 22nd of 2001 and I moved from Atlanta July 20th or something like 20th or 21st 20th 20th Ju- um, July 20th of 2013 uh, before I moved to DC and of course you know now I live in the New York New Jersey area so yeah so it's been 11 years 11 months but I always just tell people around about 12 years child um hey we ain't got time to oh I lived in Atlanta 11 years and 11 months but, you know, I think about stuff and I'm like, damn, why did I rush? Like, why did I rush growing up? Like, I missed out on so much. Like, my grandmother got sick, like, literally right after I moved away. And my grandmother eventually died, like, eight years later from having these same complications with strokes and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And I was just so, like, I found somebody that I felt like was you know, gonna be my dude and all this kind of great stuff, and then I was I was gonna be able to have a crutch, and that and he was my crutch for at least almost a about a year, you know, and I felt like I could not do nothing without him, you know what I'm saying? But not realizing like the same way he used that boy to get to Greensboro, so therefore he'd be closer to me, so then we can move. Because when we moved to Atlanta, it, the the apartment was in my name. It wasn't nothing was in his name. Everything was in my name, and you know when you first come out, you first using credit, baby, you get approved for everything. No deposits on the gas, no deposits on the lights, no deposits on the cable, no, I mean, and, and I didn't have a deposit to move in, I don't think. I think all I did was pay like $300 or something. I don't know what it was, like a prorated rent or something, maybe. So he used me, and then like literally like, within a matter of, we moved in in August, by the time January, February, January, February, I had to look for somewhere else to go because, you know, I didn't have really no true income like that. I had quit Pacific somewhere. I quit Pacific somewhere like two weeks after Gay Pride. I had moved literally the week before Gay Pride. That was like my first Gay Pride week experience and all that great stuff. It wasn't great, but you know, you know what I'm saying. But it was so crazy. It's just, it's, it's amazing how we will, it's amazing the things that we would do for a person that we love or that we are infatuated with and the leaps and the bounds and the valleys and all those type of things that we would do to make the crap work. You know what I'm saying? And while I was sitting here really naive and I was in something, and now I know that this man used me. I, 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 of course, that's years ago now that I realized that. Like he, he I, And I still feel like he loved me, but he wasn't in love with me and he used me 
to get to Atlanta, just like he used whatever that guy's name in, whatever his name was, in Greensboro. He used him so he can get at least to the East Coast to be close enough to me so therefore he can get me and then we can take our butts down to Atlanta and live. And then, But, baby, I didn't know nothing. All I knew was BlackPlanet.com and Go.com. Remember that. So I didn't know nothing about a chat line. But before you know it, I started realizing this this mother was on the chat lines, meeting people, out and you know what I'm saying when I'm gone and you know going to school or going to do whatever like that's what he was doing. Literally, like I was sitting. I can't. No, I'm not gonna go further with this conversation because I this conversation for another day. And my mouth is getting dry and that raspberry lemonade ain't doing too much. But like it's just amazing when you start to go back and you start to look and analyze and think about all the stuff that you went through, all the things that you took, all the things that you allowed. Now, you wouldn't allow that now. No, I wouldn't allow the stuff now. I'd probably be in jail somewhere on Snap or whatever. Thank God I'm not. You know what I'm saying? But there was a lot of things I know that I took only because I know I was very proud at the time. And I did not want to... I didn't want to, like, come all the way to Atlanta. People would be proud of me. Oh, he moved and he's doing great things, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And then turn around six months later and I'm back home. A place where I don't want to be. You know what I'm saying? So, it's kind of like where he used me, I had to eventually use him as like a crutch or a leverage to help me to get myself settled and grounded. So, therefore, once we were over, like, I didn't didn't have to feel like I needed to go anywhere. I could stay right where I am because now I have a job. Now I have, you know, income coming in or whatever. But it's amazing. So, yeah, that's how my mom first was asked me if I was gay. You know, because that's a big thing when your parents ask you. So that was, you know, when she first asked me was was with the prison pen pal, pal thing in like 98, 99. And then when she knew for sure <laughs> was when I moved in with my then lover in 2001. So, wow. Things have definitely... <laughs> Things have been interesting. Things have definitely been interesting, but please stay tuned. If you have your coming out story, I definitely want to hear about it. Um, hey, you know, we can set up a time where we just talk about it. You know, talk about your coming out story. I would love to ask questions or whatever and, and go from there. So thank you again, guys, for listening to the Talk With Mike and Friends. I love you so very much, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.